Well, good morning and welcome uh, to our worship service today at Great Hills Baptist Church. My name is Danny Forshee, and I'm blessed to serve as the pastor here at Great Hills. I'm also the president of the Danny Forshee Evangelistic Association. And so we just welcome you. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping the Lord with us on the Lord's Day on this Palm Sunday. It's the day we celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ uh, into Jerusalem. And Obviously, this is a, a different day in which we live to observe Palm Sunday. We are online. It's all electronic. It's digital. And so we're so blessed, though, are we not, that God has opened up this avenue for us to be able to come right into your living room, right into your kitchen, your bedroom, wherever you are, and to be able to worship God with many, many people all over the world. So we welcome you. We're so delighted to have you come and study God's Word with us. Let me give you just a couple of things to, uh, to keep in mind. I'm also preaching a series of messages uh, during this month of April on, uh, on the book of 1 Peter. Uh, Getting Through Hard Times is the title of the series. And I, I just felt led of the Lord to preach that series to anybody who just needs a word of hope and encouragement. Uh, you can find that series on my website at dfea.com. Just go there and just Worship the Lord and be encouraged during these uh, difficult times. Welcome you on Facebook, on our YouTube channel, or on our live stream at ghbc.org. If you are watching on Facebook, we'd love for you to click that share button. That's really cool because that lets uh, all your friends know that you are worshiping God on the Lord's Day uh, with Great Hills Baptist Church. So again, we welcome you. We're studying the book of Acts and so delighted to be able to share this message with you. It's entitled, Right Thing, Hard Thing. Right thing, you know, sometimes that's the way it goes. The right thing is not necessarily the easy thing to do. And so we're going to read Acts chapter 9. I'll begin reading in verse 10. If you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn there with us and read God's Word along with us. Uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 10 pick up where we left off last week as we are studying the Word of God. I said this before, I want to say it again. I think that's the best thing we can do, just to get a sense of normalcy, to do what we would be doing, and that is preaching God's Word, albeit it's a very different avenue, venue. You're at home. I'm here at church by myself, except for a couple of our media guys that are helping us. Praise the Lord for them. And so we bring this message to you to encourage you, to allow you to come alongside other believers and worship the Lord and be reminded that God is on the throne. He is working in magnificent, miraculous, marvelous ways all over this world. Yes, right in the heart, right in the middle of this coronavirus, this pandemic that has Man, it's left many people devastated in its wake. I just heard that now 10 million Americans have applied for unemployment. So that may be you. You may find yourself unemployed. You may be sick. You may be fearful or worried. Here, let me help you. The best thing that you and I can do, and I feel it. I feel the weariness, and I come to you this morning, and I'm tired. I'm physically tired. I'm giving my heart, giving my soul, reaching out to people, loving people, preaching the Word of God. But man, we're blessed. Woo! We are blessed by God to live in this great country and to have the freedom that we have to worship the Lord. And so that's the best thing we can do is study His Word and encourage one another. So let's do that. I'm in Acts Chapter 9, beginning in verse 10. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, 
just love this. Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And then Ananias answered, and you gotta love verse 13. Ananias is just saying, okay, hold on, Lord. <laughs> uh, this is a hard saying. Do you really want me to go to this man named Saul? So he says, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority. He has authority in Damascus from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, before kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must, as a key word there, must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went, oh, I love that, don't you? It was a hard saying, but it was the right thing to do. And God does that for us today. He gives us hard sayings, commands to obey, and it may be difficult, may not understand it, but God says, trust me, let's go. I am with you, you can do this. So Ananias went his way and he entered the house. Woo, can you imagine this? Laying his hands on Saul and he said, brother Adelphi, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, he has sent me, apostolos. That's where we get the word apostle. He has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and, and he received his sight at once and Saul arose and he was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened and then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Oh, I love this passage of scripture. It talks to us about the power of God, the ability of God to do anything, the miraculous. And you need God to do the miraculous in your life. I need God. These are difficult days. These are days that try men's souls and where we can capitulate or give in to fear and worry and anxiety, or we can rise up. We say, God, we trust in you. And even though, Lord, this is a hard time, God, this is a time for us as the church of the living God to shine like Ananias did. God gave him a hard commandment and he went and he did it. There's a man in the Vietnam War named Ed Freeman. November the 14th, 1965, he was a helicopter pilot. And it was his assignment to go into Aya Drang Valley there in Vietnam. It was really the first major battle between our army and their army. And so he is flying on these missions. He's going in unarmed on these rescue missions to deliver supplies and to extract the wounded. He comes under heavy artillery, heavy fire. He has, he has no defense and yet he runs, flies 30 missions, 30 missions. As his helicopter is being hit with bullets, he keeps on his mission. One writer in describing this great scene says, when the infantry commander closed the helicopter landing zone due to intense direct enemy fire, Captain Freeman risked his own life 
by flying his unarmed helicopter through a gauntlet of enemy fire. And for this, he received one of the highest awards that a person can receive, the Presidential Medal of Honor. I was thinking about that guy, Ed Freeman. He had a hard directive. He had a commandment. And uh, basically he said, here I am as a soldier and I'm going in to do my job, even though it may cost me my life. And that's what I think about Ananias, whose name, by the way, means Jehovah is gracious. Our gracious God reserves the right to give us any commandment he chooses. And then it's up to us. Will we obey? Will we say, okay, God, this is going to be hard and I don't really know how I'm going to get through this, but Lord, here we go. And we're going to walk into this valley. We're going to go into enemy fire if we have to, and we're going to do. And I think about these healthcare workers, mercy, these doctors and these nurses and these men and women who are on the front lines and our police officers, our firemen, our paramedics, I mean, they are on the front line. They are not backing down, but they're moving forward into hostile territory, into the territory of this coronavirus. And I say, praise God for these men. Praise God for these women who are willing to do the hard thing, albeit the right, proper thing to do. As I study this text with you today, that's what I want to look at. I want to look at a hard saying, okay? And then I'm going to look at a humble spirit. The spirit of Ananias, though he has trepidation and fear, he moves forward nonetheless. And then we're going to close out with just some happy times. I mean, a happy saint, Saul of Tarsus, the murderer, has now been transformed by the power, the grace of God to become this great missionary for the cause of Christ. Woohoo! This is exciting, isn't it? To be able to study God's word, even during these crazy times in which we live. So just grab your Bible. We'll go back to the text. We're in Acts chapter nine. We'll pick back up in verse 10 and we'll study this hard saying that the Lord gave him then, maybe even some hard sayings or some difficult tasks that God would give us to do today. So he says, Ananias, and God appears to him. Jesus appears to him uh, in a vision. And the same God who created him is the same God who's given him this commandment, this mandate to go and to find Saul and speak to him. And I love what he says. He says, here I am, Lord. And that is the proper response of all the church of God. We say, here we are, private Ananias, reporting for duty, commander Jesus. And that's the same way it is for us. Verse 11, Jesus commands him. He says, I want you to go. He gives him clear, specific, concise instructions. Go to a place in Damascus that he already knows is called Straight Street. And by the way, that uh, was a very well-known street there in Damascus. Today, that street is called Derb El Mustakim. It is a street that runs from east to west. In Paul's day, in Saul and Ananias' day, on the north side and on the south side, it, had, it was a colonnade. It was filled with columns. It had an entry gate and an exit gate. So straight street was a prominent, conspicuous uh, thoroughfare, if you will, in Damascus. If I were to say today to the people in Austin, hey, uh, meet me on uh, 183 in Mopac. Okay, you'd say, oh, I know 183, I know Mopac. If you live in Washington, D.C., meet me at Pennsylvania Avenue. You get the picture, Straight Street 
it connoted, I know exactly where that is. So he says, I want you to go and there you will find my man and I want you to speak to him and give him a blessing. Lay your hands on him, encourage him, let him know that he is, uh, he's gonna receive his sight, that I am with this man, Saul. So Ananias, are you ready? Here's your hard commandment. Here's what I want you uh, to do. Notice in our text what Saul is doing. Saul is praying, and that is beautiful. Saul, for three days, he's not eating. He is praying and seeking the Lord. He's in the city waiting on God to tell him what comes next. One writer puts it this way, prayer is so important, and it is the spontaneous response of the believing heart to God. Prayer is as natural for the Christian as breathing in and out in our lungs. In verse 12, Jesus tells Ananias that Saul has seen a vision, okay? Saul has seen a vision and a man named, <laughs> I love this. He's seen a vision and a man, your name, Ananias, Jehovah is gracious. He has seen a vision saying, this person's gonna come and put his hand on him so that he can see. The gracious, kind hand of God is gonna come in the person of Ananias and he's gonna minister grace and hope and restoration and healing to this man named Saul. Verse 13, Ananias responds to this request or to this commandment and he goes. And um, before he goes, he says, but Lord, <laughs> whoo, you know this guy. We know this guy. He has done much harm. And, and the word in the Greek in verse 13 is kaka. And the word literally means to do injurious or evil, bad things. It's an onomatopoeia. Kaka sounds bad. It is bad. This guy is bad, Lord. He's bad news. Lord, he, he's trying to kill people like me that love you and are worshiping you, Jesus. And yet, Lord, you're giving me this commandment. You're giving me this hard saying. He's struggling. I, I know he's struggling in his heart. Now, I know it eventuates in obedience, which is great. And that's where I want to be. That's where I want you to be. In a hard time, in a hard place, in a difficult uh, time frame in which you're living. I mean, who would have ever predicted this? Even in January. Yes, we heard there were some, you know, some things going on in China with this virus and then it begins to spread. But who in the world would have ever imagined that we would be in this place where we are at this time? Yet God knows. It didn't catch God by surprise. God is working, God has been working and he's orchestrating things. He's supernaturally imposing his will so that you and I can come alongside of him and do precisely what he wants us to do. Man, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time in which to live because this is a precarious time. It's a fearful time. People are worried, people are out of jobs, people are concerned. And we, the church of the living God, we've got this opportunity to join God in the ministry and minister to many, many people. And like Ananias, it's gonna take faith. It's okay to be fearful. It is because when you receive a commandment like this, your initial reaction is gonna be, wow, I, this is difficult, but here's the thing, you can't stay in fear because God's not giving us that spirit. He wants us to move forward in power and that's precisely what Ananias does here. And I love this. He is obedient to the Lord. To believe God and to move forward in obedience, that is a beautiful thing. 
And that's what Ananias gives to us, a beautiful example. Uh, When I read in the book of Numbers, you know, in chapter 14, I love this example where God tells the spies, go in, or Moses says, go in and spy out the land and give me a report as to what you see. And 10 of the spies came back and said, well, there's a lot of giants there. There's a big army there. I don't think we should go. But Caleb, Joshua said, Lord, we can do this. People, come on. We can move forward and accomplish great things in the name of Jehovah if we only believe. Many did not believe and they won the day, right? And uh, they didn't go in. But man, I don't want that to be you and I don't want that to be me. I want us to have this Joshua, Caleb, Ananias kind of mentality. Yes, it's hard. Sure, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but instead of cowering in fear, I'm going to take my airplane, I'm going to take my (laughs) aircraft, I'm going to fly right into the middle of it because God is with me and I'm going to accomplish everything God wants me to accomplish. So this is a hard saying. Number two, I want to look at the humility, the humble servant here. And Ananias is humble. He, he just admits his fear. He admits his concern. But in verses 10 and 17, I just see him as, again, exemplary because he says, Here I am, Lord, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do what you want me to do. In verse 17, and Ananias went his way and he entered the house He's doing exactly what God has asked him to do. And he says, he lays his hands on him and says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, he has sent me that you. Mm, 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 mm. Stop right there. Sent me that you. Would you, just, would you just soak those words in? I'm in Acts chapter 9, verse 17. Sent me that you. God has sent me on a dangerous, difficult, hard mission in order that you might be encouraged and you might uh, be blessed. I had a good friend of mine, Dr. John Cross. He made a statement one time and I heard him in a message preach and I, and I, I, I jotted it down and he said, God takes us, he blesses us, he breaks us, and then he shares us. Isn't that good? It's the same in Saul's life who becomes Paul, same in Ananias' life. Jehovah is gracious. It's true in my life. It's true in your life. Have you experienced the depth of this that God takes us, he blesses us, he then breaks us, and then God shares us. One writer puts it this way about Ananias. He says, he proceeded with trepidation. And the stories of both Ananias and Saul illustrate the truth that, here it comes, you ready? The transformed life demands service to Christ. You know, I think about this true story of a man named Jamie who reached out to a young 19-year-old girl named Renee. Now, Renee, true story, was a mess, sexually abused, hooked on drugs, cutting herself. Many of you are familiar with this. It's a a very, very sad commentary on a person's life where they get to the point that they cut themselves repeatedly. She had 50 cuts on her arms. Multiple times she had tried to take her life. And Renee went to a rehab 
And the person in the rehab saw her bottle of whiskey and saw that she was already drunk and they kicked her out of rehab. And so Jamie and his wife and kids, they take her in, okay? Jamie takes Renee into his home. Jamie's a strong follower of Jesus Christ. They take her for five days. And they say, we are gonna be the church to you. And some of the people from the local church came and they, they brought gift cards, Starbucks, they brought meals and they just repeatedly loved on this girl during this process of detoxification. And they, I've never done it, but I'm telling you, I've heard stories that it is horrendous. And so they nurture her and they walk her through this detoxifying process and they're loving on her and praying for her. And so at the end of five days, Jamie goes to Renee and says, now you're ready. It's time for you to go back into rehab. And Renee says, Jamie, here's what I want you to do for me. I have a request. And he goes, what, what do you need? And she pulls out her razor and she says, I want you to take this. This is the razor that I used five days ago to cut myself. It's also the razor I used to cut my cocaine before I snorted it. And so I want you to take this from me and I am ready to give my life to God, to serve, to do whatever it is that I need to do to get in a healthy place. True story. What I just shared with you was the genesis of a movement. It's now a worldwide movement called Right Love on Her Arms. Right Love on Her Arms. That was a hard assignment for Jamie but he was humble enough and obedient enough to take it from God and to move forward. Ananias does it with Saul. What about you? What about me? Do we have the humility? Do we have the grace? Do we have the urgency, the compassion, the obedience to say, God, what is it that you want me to do? Even though, Lord, I'm, I'm hurting and even though, Lord, I'm concerned and I'm a little fearful and I really don't know how this is going to turn out for me. And God says, well, you've got a beautiful resume. <laughs> You're in exactly the right position. You're in a place that I can use you. I wanted to use you before, but I couldn't use you because you were haughty. You were proud. You were sufficient, but you're not that anymore. You're in a broken place, but you're in a beautiful place. Glory to God. He does his greatest work when we are at or in our lowest place. The last thing I wanna share with you is, is just the happiness of this passage of scripture. We've gone from hardness and humility and now it just kind of has a sense of euphoria. This passage just has a crescendo. It just moves toward healing and hope and joy. Do you, do you see it? In verse 17, Saul receives his physical sight. Come on now. He's been blind three days. And then he's filled with the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit in Acts 4.31 that filled the 120, the early church as they go out and minister in Jesus' name. Same Holy Spirit that comes on Paul and fills him and gives him the joy and the ability to move forward. And you just sense the happiness in his life. Verse 18, here's another good thing. The scales, this flaky substance, whatever it was on his eyes, it falls from his eyes. And then he gets baptized. Come on now. There's a lot of good stuff going on. 
And it all hinged on Ananias, his obedience. And now he's just getting to see these miracles. Holy Spirit coming. I mean, flaky stuff falling off his eyes. And now he goes, I want to be baptized. I love that. Saul says, baptized. I think Ananias baptized him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You were the person preaching when Billy Graham got saved. That's what happened to Mordecai Ham country preacher in a revival in North Carolina and a tall 16-year-old country boy walks down the aisle as you're preaching Mordecai Ham and Billy Graham gives his life to Christ. You never heard of Mordecai Ham, but God has. Heaven has. That may be you. That may be me. That our small act of obedience could result in millions and millions of people Come into faith in Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful thing how God uses the broken. He uses the humble. Hey, come on now. He uses the unqualified, right? And he does his greatest, greatest work. So much joy, so much enthusiasm. It's just palpable. It just kind of leaps off the page. Verse 18, he eats. Must be some Baptist in the house, right? I mean, he's happy. I mean, he's eating again. He's hungry. It's been three days and he's strengthened. Eneskuo is the Greek word and it means to invigorate. Oh, watch this. I love this. As the Holy Spirit is filling Saul and invigorating him and empowering him, that food is doing the same thing to him physically. It's invigorating him. It's filling him. It's empowering him. And now Saul of Tarsus, who goes to Damascus to kill Christians, has met the risen Christ. And in this text, we looked at it a moment ago as I read it to you, God told Ananias, here's what this man is going to do. He's going to do two things. He is going to suffer for my name. He must. And then verse 17, that Greek word D-E-I, must means it has to happen. And he will suffer for my name. But notice this, it also says, and he will bear witness to me. That's right. This happy saint, this child of God, this transformed man will go and do three things. He will preach the word to the Gentiles. He will appear before kings and magistrates and he will preach the word to the Jews. All of those great things Saul is going to do. Mm. Saul is going to become Paul. He's going to become the greatest missionary to ever live, the greatest theologian to ever live. And he's going to see countless people come to faith in Christ. He's going to write 14 of the 27 books of the New Testament. Hallelujah. And all the rewards, all the blessings that Saul will enjoy for an eternity. Guess who gets to have a part of that? Yeah, Ananias. Woo, Ananias. He gets part of the blessings. You say, well, wait a minute, Ananias didn't preach all this. No, 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 Ananias, he wasn't shipwrecked and tortured and beaten. And, no. In fact, this is the only time in the Bible that you'll read about Ananias. Now, I know there are other Ananiases in the Bible, but there's only one time this guy's mentioned. It's right here. This was his moment to shine in the midst of difficulty. And instead of cowering, Instead of being fearful, saying, uh, you got the wrong guy, Lord. Uh, go ask somebody else to do your dirty work. I ain't about to go lay my hands on somebody that's going to try to kill me. No, 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 he didn't do that. He said, here I am, Lord. Send me. And because of his obedience, are you with me? Because of your obedience, 
who knows? Who knows what's going to happen for the kingdom of God? Just come alongside you today to say, listen, child of God, if you know the Lord, he has an assignment for you. He has people he wants you to talk to. He has neighbors he wants you to minister to. He has, man, who knows what all God has. Mission trips for you, Bible studies to lead. I mean, there are so many wonderful things that God wants you to do in his name, for his glory, for the furtherance of his kingdom. Here's what you gotta do. You gotta be humble. You gotta be humble. You gotta be hungry. You gotta be obedient. And then watch what God will do. Maybe you're listening today and the spirit of God is really speaking to you and drawing you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm just coming alongside you today. Say, friend, come on. What a great thing that the Holy Spirit would speak to you, convict you, draw you into a relationship. I wanna pray with you in a moment and I'm gonna invite you to pray with me. And as you pray this prayer with me, here's what you're doing. You're giving your life to Christ. And there'll be a place there on your screen in the description box. You can just type in there. Type in there any need or any request or help me, pray for me. And I'm giving my life to Christ. Let us know. Nothing would give us at Great Hills Baptist Church and our pastors more joy than to know that on this Palm Sunday of April the 5th, you heard the word of God, you responded in obedience, and now you want to follow the Lord. Hallelujah. That would be fantastic. And so let me pray with you. Will you pray with me? Just pray out loud. You can pray out loud right where you are in your home as I pray out loud. You can repeat after me, dear God in heaven. You just tell him, say, dear God in heaven. Thank you for loving me. I know I am a sinner. But today, God, I am trusting you to be my savior. I turn from my sins. And by faith, I'm trusting Jesus and Jesus alone to save my soul. Thank you, Lord, for dying for my sins rising from the dead. I confess with my mouth, Jesus, you are Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead and your word says, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. Well, if you prayed this prayer with me, welcome to the family of God. We're so excited that you have embraced Christ as your Lord and Savior. Would you please, please let us know in the description box there on Facebook or YouTube. You can just send us a message and one of our pastors will gladly get that message. And we would love to follow up with you and encourage you in your walk with God. Great Hills Baptist Church, I love you so much. What a blessing you are to so many. Uh, you're continued to be faithful and you're giving and you're serving and just know how much we deeply appreciate it. And uh, many of you like uh, Ashley and me, you're giving your tithes and your offering online. We go to ghbc.org slash give. And that is an easy way to give. Many of you have already set up that way, ghbc.org slash give. Or you can go to, you can text Great Hills, just one word, Great Hills to the number 45. 777. So as we continue to worship the Lord and, uh, and sing praise to him, just take this next uh, few minutes, these next few moments, and just thank the Lord and worship the Lord. God bless you. Thank you again. And we love you.